Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, what's good, good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got the guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at him, Bro Joe. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Again, we have a money-making show in store for you. We're going to give you our DFS takes. We're going to give you our matchup advice, news and notes as far as injuries are concerned. I'm sure there'll be a couple of waiver tidbits thrown in there. Rapid Fire 10, we have an action-packed show for you today. We're going to make sure you get everything you need for your weekend. Join us on our Facebook group, The Fantasy football fiend family on facebook if you're looking to get us uh, any information for promos advertising things of that nature fantasy football fiend f-e-i-n at gmail now let's go right ahead and hop into your news And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. There are several quarterbacks that are popping up on the injury report for this week. So we'll start there. Matthew Stafford mispracticed today. It stated that he has a concussion and he has to get through protocol to be able to play on Sunday. I'm not exactly sure how to take this one based on concussion protocols. Do we think he has enough time to get through the protocol prior to Sunday? Or we need to go ahead and make an emergency move if Stafford is the quarterback? I mean, I'm not sure the severity of it. He should be able to get back. I mean, think about it. Most guys get concussion on Sunday and then play the next week. So with it being early in the week, I think it's possible that he'll be able to play. I'm just confused on when this concussion happened. That's the thing that is the the thing that everybody's concerned about. So did it happen in the fourth quarter of the last game or was it in a car accident today? Like <laughs> what happened? So Right. I mean, it, it was crazy the because they're basically saying that after the game, like this is like Tuesday, he had a discussion with the team's position. That discussion led to him being put in the protocol. So I'm assuming it happened on sometime Sunday and he maybe started feeling the effects and said something to somebody. And then they had to, you know, run it up the chain. I don't exactly know how to take it based on the fact that he did finish the game last week. I would be prepared to pivot Aaron Rodgers still dealing with his thumb on his right hand. He wasn't a participant, not really looking at that as being anything other than a maintenance day. Ryan Tannehill is still limited in practice with his ankle injury. Not exactly sure if he's going to be able to go this week. Do we have a bead on whether or not we feel like it's going to be Malik Willis again, or is Tannehill going to gut it out? On the early news, it seemed like it could be Malik. From what I've been hearing, they said this thing could linger on a little further. It seemed like it's going to be like a simple, maybe one-week injury. But from what I've been hearing, don't be surprised if Malik Willis is the starter once again. I mean, if you win, and I guess it don't matter too much. Go ahead and stay out as long as you need to. Still tops in the division. That works out well for them. Kyler Murray is dealing with a hamstring issue. He was an unparticipant at practice on Wednesday's walkthrough. Not exactly sure how to take this one. They aren't really saying much. They're kind of holding this one close to the vest as far as the information I've been able to glean. It's pretty much hurry up and wait for Friday and see what happens in that practice. If he's still limited or out, then that'll kind of tell the tale. Are you guys finding a pivot for Kyler or do you think that this is just a precautionary measure? Right now, I think it's precautionary. I would, you know, keep my ear to it, uh, see how the rest of the week goes, see if he's a limited in practice. It's kind of hard to tell right now, you know, because a lot of veterans sit on Wednesdays. I will probably wait till Friday practice to really see if, you know, you need to pivot and maybe go with a McCoy or maybe someone else. Matt Ryan still isn't ready to practice. So even if Sam isn't the man, he's still the man for right now. They aren't exactly sure when he's going to be ready. And in all honesty, I mean, the further they slip away, it's like, you know, what's the what's the point? You know, you might as well see what you have and Sam Ellinger and kind of go on from there. Indy had some other news going on this week. 
they now have a new interim head coach. Some of you guys may be familiar with Jeff Saturday as being the former center when Peyton Manning was there in Indy. Some of you may be familiar with him as an analyst on first take. He's now the interim head coach for his old team. So we'll kind of see if that starts a fire or if it's just more of the same from them. What do you guys got on Matt Ryan and the new head coach there, Jeff Saturday? Shocking. That's all I can say for the least. I don't know if I've ever seen a former center be a head coach. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. Maybe you can get this line together. They do come in, according to Pro Football Focus, 31st in the league. I mean, they went from a top three offensive line to next to last. Maybe he could fix that. One of the pieces that made it make sense to me is the fact that you couldn't hire anybody that already has a job right now. Most of the people that you probably would interview as far as the future head coaching with the permanent title is concerned, those guys can't even interview right now. He just went with somebody that he trusted and kind of felt like he knew enough football to get him through the season. I mean, I understand that, but you do have some guys like Gus Bradley on the staff you know, who has probably a little more experience than, than Saturday. Yeah, so, absolutely he does. <laughs> so when, when you see guys like that on the staff, it's like, okay, Saturday it is. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of surprising, that's all. And you know what else, too? The thing that you can do and can't do at the same time, if the season is over, why not do something drastic? At least remain relevant and get a better draft stock in the process. I kind of think that's, it's a little bit of that, a little bit of gamesmanship going on as well there because Gus maybe would have gotten them middle of the pack, which doesn't do very much for you as far as the draft is concerned. Saturday is either going to be a revelation or a complete dumpster fire. And either way, it works out for Indy. But yeah, that was a surprise. Now, the biggest news as far as quarterbacks for the week is Josh Allen has an elbow issue going on right now. He's day-to-day, according to Sean McDermott, but this is starting to gain a little traction. I don't know how good I feel about his chances for this week, but at least it's considered day-to-day and not week-to-week at this point. Have we heard anything that makes us kind of lean one way or another as far as his condition is concerned? Would I expect him to play this Sunday? I mean, it's 50-50. You would think that more likely than not, you give him a week and more like he can go next week. To know that he's day-to-day is one of those things that's it's assuring because they wouldn't rush a franchise caliber quarterback back if he wasn't indeed good health. So that's Especially with their current record. Exactly. Right. They're saying it's not major, but I think when it comes to those injuries that's kind of like nerve related, it can be extremely tricky. I mean, look at Peyton Manning, how long nerves kept him out. With nerves, if that thing ain't, it's like spark plugs. If it just ain't firing, right. it ain't firing. You know what I'm saying? So The tingliness in your fingers, can't yeah. look, that numbness. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, and it's something, it might there's no timetable. It's not, right. There's not yeah. a timetable on it. Like, it wakes it up when he's ready. Like yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. So it's just one of those things like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting, though. But if you're in a deep league, two quarterback, flex, Case Keenum. Hey, good storyline yeah. going against his old team. And I guess the other thing that I'm looking at, too, I haven't heard anything that indicates if he was to play that he can make it worse. Like it's Again, like you said, it's nerves. So going out and throwing the ball this week isn't likely to make the elbow worse. Now getting hit on it or landing on it may. But then again, it may have the same significance if he got hit on it or landed on it next week. I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see how the Bills want to navigate the situation with their star quarterback. Moving on to the running backs of the week. Dontrell Hilliard obviously is the handcuff of Derrick Henry. He has a groin issue going on right now. Missed a little bit of practice, was limited on Wednesday. Ezekiel Elliott is unsure about being able to play this week due to a knee injury. I don't know that that wouldn't be best for Dallas. And the reason I say that is it's already been said that if he does play, he's going to get his fair share of carries. I think if they see Tony Pollard go off another week or two, it'll solidify the fact that he has the juice right now and maybe they need to govern themselves as such. Let Zeke sit. Let him get close to 100% as much as possible. Tony Pollard is doing an amazing job. He actually run the ball a lot better than Zeke. I know Zeke is so much of a key when it comes to pass pro, so that's probably one of the big reasons they want him back. But um, as far as just rushing ability, I mean, Tony Pollard has shown that he can handle handle the load. So I think just you should hold him out and let him get back close to 100% because you're going on a playoff run. It seems like this team is going to be around during the playoffs, so why not get them back 100% so you can use them when the time is right? Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. I think, honestly, for Dynasty, going to next year, will Zeke even return to the team? I mean, like, uh, due to the salary cap, it's a big possibility that he's not back next year. And how Pollard's playing, I mean, I think that's his backfield at this point. I can definitely see that because running backs, especially the younger ones, you can find them in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. There's several that are starters right now that weren't picked early. 
not to mention the fact there are several that are going to be available to you, either trade or free agency as well. So we'll see what Dallas does there. Aaron Jones was able to get in a limited practice session. That's definitely pointed in the right direction for him. We were uncertain how his ankle injury would end up affecting him. But the fact that it's Wednesday and he's already practicing, that kind of tells me that he's probably going to end up going this week unless there's some type of a setback. The Los Angeles Rams have indicated that Kyron Williams could play this. He came back off of an ankle injury. They are trying to find some traction with that run game. And right now, it's any man's opportunity, essentially. Cam doesn't know if he wants to be there. They don't know if they want to have him there. Henderson is a decent number two, but shouldn't be the number one. Maybe Kyron comes in and gets some traction as far as that's concerned. The Saints, Mark Ingram isn't practicing. He has a knee issue that he's dealing with. Deion Jackson of the coach isn't practicing to start the week. He was held out with a knee injury as well. He got injured in the game and then tried to come back and play a few more touches this previous Sunday. But apparently, once the adrenaline wore off, that that knee started giving him a little bit of trouble. Um, With that being said, Jonathan Taylor has returned to practice limited basis. Uh, he's coming back from that ankle, but the fact that he is in practice on a Wednesday definitely bodes well for Jonathan Taylor owners, especially due to the fact that he's going against one of the worst run defenses in the league this week in Las Vegas. And they have all sorts of issues that are going on with that team right now. So what do we have on any of these guys? So with Jonathan Taylor, I think like you said, it's an amazing sign that he's back in practice. I also think he's been dealing with an ankle and a, t- a toe injury this entire season. So if he's back in practice, I think that that bodes well. But with the quarterback situation being what it is, what can you really get out of him? We already know when he's come back, he's going to be the focal point. Sam does bring like an RPO kind of look to the team because he's a, a running quarterback. But I think it's promising that Jonathan Taylor is uh, back. But it's not even a buy low opportunity. So you can't even really sell him at this point, how far we are in the season. Yeah, it's good to see Jonathan back, I guess, practicing. But I don't think it would be a fantasy implication at all, like you said. I mean, like I said earlier, this team's coming in 31st in the league for its offensive line grade. You already have this guy quarterback just like a he i sell low at this point there's probably a few candidates out there you can get for a guy like this based on the name itself so i would try to sell that name i mean you got guys like a tony pollard who we just spoke of tony pollard owner may be intrigued by having jonathan taylor on his roster and so there's a lot of there's a couple guys out there that you may be able to buy that's probably gonna be a lot more profitable for you as far as this stretch that we about to go down right now. DeAndre Swift remained limited at practice. He's dealing with the ankle and shoulder injury, and he's been on much of a pitch count for the last couple of weeks, although he's been able to get out there. Damian Pierce has a chest and shoulder injury, and he was limited in practice, but the, again, the fact that he's practicing on Wednesday bodes well for his availability on Sunday. Keenan Allen ended up missing another practice due to his hamstring injury. He's missed more games than he's made at this point. You can't depend on him. If you can sell him, sell him. But I don't know who's going to buy your damaged goods at this point in the season. Marquise Goodwin limited on Wednesday. Hunter Renfro logs a limited practice. Mike Williams is week to week, which means most likely he has a couple of more Sundays that he's going to miss. So just another pass catcher that Justin Herbert doesn't have, but he's still dealing with that ankle injury. Mike Williams is. Adam Thena dealing with an ankle injury as well was a limited participant in practice. Russell Gage, no practice on Wednesday due to a hamstring injury. Mike Evans is dealing with a pair of injuries, ribs and ankle, but he did practice on Wednesday. Noah Brown, limited in practice for the Dallas Cowboys. He has a foot issue going on right now. Sammy Watkins was absent from practice due to a knee injury. What's new with him? KJ Hamler is set for limited practice on Wednesday. And Alan Lazard is still limited by his shoulder issue. So we'll see if he's going to be able to make a run of it. Jarvis Landry, limited practice. Still don't know what he's doing. He's not someone that you can depend on anyway. Rondell Moore is tending to a hand injury, but he was able to practice on Wednesday. Brandon Cooks did not practice on Wednesday, and it's another personal issue, if you will. Basically, he's still pissed off that the team didn't trade him. I don't know if he plays this week, but I'm pretty sure he's not just going to sit out for the rest of the season. But you pretty much haven't been dependent on him anyway because they haven't been putting up the best numbers as is. Debo Samuel, full participant on Wednesday. And that pretty much wraps up the wide receivers. You guys got anything on any of them that stick out to you? Not much stick out. I mean, just the usual. Uh, if you're counting on Mike Williams, Ken Allen, man, just forget about it. Those guys shouldn't even be in your mind as far as playing. Those boys are the sick and shut in. <laughs> you know, 
know. They on the trailers, huh? Yeah, they on the on the main line. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tell them what you want. Yeah, Jesus on the main line. You know what I'm saying? So just forget about those guys. Sammy Watkins, he shouldn't be on your team. If he's on your team, You're doing something fantasy wrong. football is not for you. Okay, Am Lazar. He should be able to get all he can handle this week. Uh, Romeo Dobbs being out, he's the probably maybe the only show in town. I know this Packers offense hasn't looked the best. And they're also playing against a team that's pretty decent against the pass this week. So that's going to be interesting. If you are, if you do have Lazard, I mean, you, you got to fire him up due to volume. Even though he'll see probably Travion Diggs. Everybody know Travion makes mistakes. Fire him up. Darren Waller's still limited in practice with his hamstring. I'm sure you guys that spin up to get him at tight end this year are highly disappointed. But at least he's been out of the game. So you've been able to pivot versus playing the game that you got to play with somebody like Najee Harris or somebody like that. Evan Ingram, limited at practice on Wednesday. He's having a back issue. Daniel Bellinger still needs more time to heal. You know, he had that eye issue. He had to have eye surgery for. Mo Ali Cox is dealing with a foot and ankle injury. David Njoku set to miss practice on Wednesday. Still doesn't know if he's going to be able to return this week from the ankle injury, but he has progressed. Mark Andrews, he was ruled out last week. We don't have an update as far as his condition, but they are on bye this week. So I'm assuming, you know, when they come back in week 11, he should be good to go. But we'll kind of have to play that by ear. Maybe you want to pick up likely just in case this knee and shoulder with Mark Andrews continues to be an issue, but they still attempt to run their offense through the tight end. I say with Waller, I think, you know, as far as like going to next year and everything else, this is somebody who might not even be on the Raiders. Somebody that kind of like uh, looked at before and just looked at his injury history. It's just, it just doesn't have much left in the tank. Uh, regards to the other injuries, I mean, they just are what they are. Evan Ingram, that's spotty at best. He's been coming on pretty well in that offense, but it's not fantasy relevant the last two tight ends. So, And that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and hop right into Rapid Fire 10. And now... Rapid Fire 10. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Rapid Fire 10, man. Let's get straight into it, man. We got 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Who do I start this week? Let's get into it. We got Aaron Rodgers or Jacoby Brissett. Wow. Who thought it would ever come to this? (laughs) But you know what the funniest part about that is, though? I think I got to go with Brissett. Green Bay's going up against Dallas. They can't get the job done on a regular week. That pass rush is going to get to Rodgers. And, you know, once he get in his feelings, you know, he just implodes. I honestly think I got to go with Brissett. Yeah, I got to go with Brissett, too. I just think the weapons are there. Amari, DBJ, DBJ was getting really involved, you know, getting targeted quite often with the deep passes. Like, he just seems to be uh, in a good position with Brissett. Brissett even went over a few hundred yards, man. That's been impressive, consistently going over a few hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. You might have never thought it would come to this as well. So we got Tom Brady or Daniel Jones. Damn, I love the matchup. My, my, my. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. I'm going with Tom Brady. Huh. you going with Tom, huh? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, Seattle's <laughs> defense has been sneaky good. It's interesting because with the Giants, I believe they're going to be going up against Houston. Houston is their dumpster fire. So. Based on the opponent, I think I'm going to have to go with Jones and the fact that Jones has, you know, the wheels to have a little bit of a higher floor based on his running ability. So I I guess I'm going to go with Jones. All right. We got the young bull, Rashad White, and also the young bull, Khalil Herbert. (laughs) These are some good ones. That's a good one. But this one is actually. I'm going to go Khalil. (laughs) Me too. They're going up against Detroit. Detroit has one of the worst run defenses in the league. So I'm going to go by matchup. All right. We got another young bull. Jalen Warren, and we got an older bull, Melvin Gordon. I think I'm going to go with Gordon. They're coming out of the bye week, and according to the depth chart, he's still first, so that tells me he should at least get the first bite at the apple. What he does with it will kind of tell the story, but They have Tennessee, by the way. Until they say Najee's not playing, I don't think I'm going to trust Warren. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Gordon too. It's it's, like you said, you just have to get the ball at some point. All right, we got Jeff Wilson. Or A.J. Dillon. Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Even if uh, Aaron Jones sits? Absolutely. He didn't do anything when Aaron Jones 
left the game last week. I don't know if Dylan is hurt or if they've changed something. Like, like he does not look like the same dude at all. Like, at all. It's just, to me, Devontae Adams really helped that running game. He really was a threat. And not having somebody there oh, yeah, I makes agree. it fairly predictable. Why is Jones still so good? And Dylan sucks. I don't know. Like, something's something right. But not Dylan. Not dealing for anything on any question <laughs> for the rest of this year. We got my boy, NFL young boy, George Pickens or Devonta Smith. Mm. Okay. Oh, I New Orleans defense has been pretty stout. I'm what go you got Pickens. on this one, Joe? I'm gonna go, go Pickens. I think Pickens is gonna see some love, especially with Claypool out. There's more targets to share. Yeah, for sure. And New Orleans hasn't really been. They they playing better lately. But they have had some woes in the past against the past. And I think that Lattimore is questionable this game. So that may be something as well. Mm, okay. Uh, but even though Lattimore probably would be on Deontay. So who? who That's knows? true, too. I'll run with Pickens. I think he is the, the more talented. All right, we got Josh Palmer, Chris Godwin. I'm going to take Palmer. Palmer's necessary. I think he's going to get the volume. Mike Evans is the dude there. And now all of a sudden they're using the tight end a little bit again. Volume is king. We got Terrence Marshall or Darnell Mooney. Mm, I'm gonna go Mooney. I know, I know it's really pre- unpredictable and erratic in that offense, but he's the last five games. You know he's been getting you know getting it done fairly decent. I mean he's not my number one receiver, but if I needed a, a second or flex, definitely I'll go with Mooney. That deep ball and the fact that there isn't a wide receiver on the team better than him. I mean I'll take that shot in the dark. What about Claypool? Is he better than Mooney? I don't think he knows the playbook enough yet. They really didn't use him all that much last week for that reason. I know they're going to use him for sure. But best case scenario, Claypool is now number one. And Mooney, who has been going up against number one corners for the entirety of his short career, is now going to be going up against number two corners, which actually bodes well for him. And the reason why I think I see we see this question is there's been an emergence lately of, of the guy since uh, this coaching switch, Terrence Marshall. Said the last couple of yeah. games, he's been yeah. trending. I have so noticed that. He's definitely. I uh, just don't trust the quarterback. For all I know, PJ Walker may get replaced with Baker or somebody or, or Sam Darnold by by halftime. I just don't. I don't trust this team. Right. Now. Okay, we got Kyle Pitts or Taysom Hill. Shit, I'm gonna go Kyle Pitts. Mariota said oh. this week they are gonna get him the ball and he needs to be looking his way and we are gonna cross our fingers with that. He said that. Mm-hmm. He said it this. Uh, I got it right here. He said it today. He missed him on like a seventy yard touchdown last week. Yep, honey, <laughs> Atlanta has the Thursday game and they normally suck anyway. So Atlanta against Carolina at Carolina, I think it's gonna be a knockdown, drag out. 17 to 13 victory for somebody. I, I, I'm not going to touch that. Game. And last but not least, we got the young tight end, Kate Otten or Dawson Knox. I don't know that Allen is going to go this week. And from what I can remember, especially when he's kind of fresh getting out of the box, Case Keenum tends to go to the tight end kind of early and then works his way downfield. So if you're in a PPR, Knox may be one of those guys that end up getting a little bit more run with the backup than he did with the starter that wing it down the field. So I think I'm going to take Knox in this. I like I like that breakdown. I'm going I'm to go with Knox for that same reason. That concludes our Rapid Fire 10. Rapid Fire 10. Let's deep dive in these matchups, good people. We already alluded to the fact that Atlanta is going to be going up against Carolina on Thursday. This one is a 42 and a half point over under, and Carolina is getting three points. This is going to be at Carolina. What do you guys have on this? This game should be interesting. These guys just played each other a couple weeks ago. We did see an explosion from uh, Deontay Foreman. He had three touchdowns. He went crazy on these guys. Um, I think I will look for him. Maybe they have another good performance. Maybe not a three-touchdown performance, but he was able to run well. Also, I, let's let's wait and see the Hubbard plays. Because I think if Hubbard plays, that definitely um, cuts into his, uh, his volume. I do like the uh, Panthers wide receivers, DJ Moore. Also had a big game the last time he's got her out. P.J. Walker is the starter. So I like PJ, I like uh, DJ Moore. And maybe even Terrence Marshall we just spoke on as a sneaky DFS play. As far as the Atlanta side, Cordell. I mean, Cordell, he's showing that he's legit. So you got to go with him and got to roll him out. I wish he would have had that slash wide receiver designation. I mean, he's right. extremely right. in fantasy. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think you should like hold your expectations for all the other skilled players on the Falcons um, until further notice. Joe, we got Seattle going up against Tampa Bay. 
your boys have been doing the damn thing. This is a 44 and a half point over under and Seattle is actually getting three points, which is customary when you are on the road and they are on a very long road going from Seattle all the way down there to Tampa. And a lot of times when teams play in Florida, they kind of find it a little bit more difficult. At least it's not early September, like, you know, when people can't breathe going up against Tampa Bay and Miami. But what you like in this one? Who who you starting? Who you sitting? What's your DFS play? Oh, yeah, this is going to be a good matchup. I think, honestly, this this got, this got 30-30 potential. I think it's going to be a nice little shootout. Uh, the Buccaneers played phenomenal defense. They defense definitely came together uh, this past week. I'm not afraid of that with Kenny Walker's uh, breakaway ability. Uh, we've seen also in the past, uh, especially as of late, Lockett and uh, Metcalf is a solid play week after week. Though, i got to say, I love my defense. I love what Willen is doing over that corner. Phenomenal. 6'4", 4'2", Guy's an animal. This is going to be a, a, a collective bunch of a healthy Julio. We're going to get, obviously, Evans and as well as Godwin on the field, uh, possibly Russell Gage. I think this is going to be a full assortment of weapons. So I think everybody's a play on both sides. As far as the DFS play, let's stick to the quarterbacks. I think Gino's going to present, obviously, a fair opportunity to kind of you know, spend up, but he's been targeting all the tight ends. He's been getting everybody involved. He has high upside this week. Minnesota's going up against Buffalo. This one is a 43 and a half point over under and Minnesota is getting three and a half points. The game is at Buffalo. This one is going to be interesting because we don't know who's doing what as far as quarterback is concerned just yet. Based on the three and a half point spread, I'm assuming that at this point, Vegas set the line as if Allen is still going to go because if Case Keenum is leading the charge, I don't see how Minnesota wouldn't be either even or favorite. Who we starting, who we sitting, and what's your DFS play in this one, Bender? Hmm. All this depends on Josh Allen, to be honest with you. So it's kind of to be continued when it comes to start sit. But I do definitely want to start also DFS play. He costs some money, but you got to go with uh, Stefan Diggs. It's the revenge game. You see, we all remember how he got out of town in Minnesota. And he is one of those dogs. And he's one of those people that kind of, he probably had this game marked on his calendar as soon as the schedule came out. Look for him to lose it. You know, I think he's going to be fired up. He's going, he's going against Pat Peterson. Okay, give me him. And that's no matter who the quarterback is because Case Keenum as well, former Minnesota Viking, who probably have some little fire in his belly as well. He also has some uh, familiarity with Diggs. So, I was about to say they played together. Yeah, uh, Diggs will be my DFS play and definitely my start. As far as the sit goes, I would sit Devin Singletary. That backfield right now is under construction until we figure out what's going on. Also playing this against a pretty, pretty decent run defense. So Singletary would probably be the guy that I would sit this week. Detroit is going to be going up against Chicago. This one is a 48 and a half point over under and Detroit is getting three points. Game is in Chicago. I'm kind of feeling like this may be another Fields game and DFS hasn't quite caught up as far as the price is concerned. So I definitely like Fields going up against one of the worst defenses in the league. Conversely, I like the other side of the ball as well. Well, actually, let me finish with Chicago. I definitely like uh, David Montgomery as well. He's been getting the lion's share the last couple of weeks over Herbert. And Detroit can't stop a nosebleed as far as the run is concerned. I can see them running the ball quite a bit, which is what they normally do anyway. What we got on this? I love Fields, man. Dynasty took a big gamble on him. But now the last five weeks, he's been a top five quarterback. And this is really telling us of them finally putting the offense around him that fits his skill set what he needs to do and i think he's a much better passer than he is a runner which is scary i think we've just now seen the surface to this and it's against the 31st ranked defense <laughs> 32nd actually i think this is a, a phenomenal opportunity as far as the dfs play because uh, you hit everything else on the head i'm gonna go back to darnell mooney i think this is a phenomenal talent and i think we we just catch he's gonna catch lightning in the bottle going against a more inferior uh secondary again akutis then took a step back the whole defensive back goes in disarray you you're going to have to sell out to beat Fields. And then, like I said, to Fields' credit, he loves to target the D-pass. Uh, and that also puts Claypool on uh, a predicament to be valuable. I think a second week in the system is going to really work wonders for him. On the other side of the ball, I think um, losing so many pieces, you have to like Jamal Williams on this team. And then uh, as well as Amon Ra to get busy. Remember, before the season started, I was speaking on this, about this new OC that they had and how much he called out of run design plays. Let's not get it twisted. Fields has a value because of his legs. 
He's only thrown for 200 yards only once this whole season. So these last four weeks, he's been kind of hot. It's been because of his running ability. So I don't want anybody out there to get it twisted thinking he's this awesome passer of the ball. Like, we haven't seen that part yet. I'm not saying it's not coming, but again, we haven't seen it. He's he's still two, a few touchdowns, but it's been real efficient stuff, you know, low volume. He hasn't really thrown for a lot of yards yet, so I think the value really is the legs. But he does have a lot of value. And you might want to also look at Cole Komet as a DFS right. play. He's definitely going to be cheap. For and sure. again, against this defense, kind of want to pick the guys that are cheap and that may end up scoring a touchdown because of who they're going up against. You have Jacksonville going up against Kansas City. This is a 50 and a half point over under. Jacksonville is getting nine. Nine and a half points. That kind of tells me that um, most of the points are going to be scored on the Kansas City side of things. Jacksonville may make some noise in garbage time. We'll kind of see how that part goes. I can kind of see Trevor putting up a decent amount of points just based on the fact that they're going to have to throw the ball the entire time. ETN, if he puts up his normal points, it'll be because he's catching the ball. I really don't think they're going to be able to get the run game started because they're going to be behind early. I do like, obviously, Kelsey, Patty. They're kind of expensive in DFS, but maybe this is another week as far as a CEH or an Isaiah Pacheco. One of those guys may make a little bit of noise because Jacksonville's defense isn't all that great, hence the almost being 10 points negative as far as the point spread is yeah, I think this game can get away early if they're not careful. But you was mentioning DFS play. Um, what about McCole Hartman? I mean, as of late, this guy's been, he's only 6,000 on, on FanDuel. He'll be a guy that's probably a good play. He's been playing well the last couple of weeks. Uh, Andy Reid came out and said he's been looking different in practice. He's had touchdowns in the last three games. Isn't so, this year three for him? I want to say oh, this is year three for him. Yeah, I want to say yeah, it is. It's year yeah. three. Mm-hmm. This is normally the breakout year. I mean, we got spoiled by guys that just blew the lid off of the place in year one. But for most wide receivers, it's not until year three or four that they kind of start putting things together. And to be honest, to kind of go against what you said, to be honest, my sits would be the backfield of the Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, to be honest with you. I'm, CEH Pacheco, it's too dicey. The Jags, one of the better run defense in the league, and these guys are just chopping up carries. I mean, Pacheco may get five, CEH may get six, and Kennan, he comes in and get him. Like, it's just been real choppy, so I wouldn't trust anybody in this backfield, to be honest with you. I've all of, that. All the pass catches. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, yeah, rightfully so. But all the pass catches, you get Harmon. Juju Smith-Schuster, another one who's mm. been playing pretty well. Talk has been up. Go with those guys. I'm interested to see if, what happens with Tony in this game. See if he unlocked a little bit more. Maybe they have a little package for him or something. See if they can get the ball in his hand in space. So I'm interested in, interested in seeing that. You got Cleveland going up against Miami. This one is a 48.5 point over under. Cleveland is getting 3.5 points. This one is in Miami. Fire up everybody. This is going to be a fantasy feast. I, I can't think of other than maybe... I I don't start most start outside of that. I'm pretty much starting everybody out. In a pinch, I start Brissett, Cooper. I'm starting Chubb. I'm starting. I don't know about Donovan People Jones. Kind of leery about him this week. This is going to be a points fest for sure. As far as Miami, I'm actually going to plug in Jeff Wilson. I would definitely start him up this week, even going against Cleveland. I mean, most of right away coming onto this team, he played a significant snap share. Actually, he he had more snaps. Than most are his first game with the team. I think just having something for you know to, to be different on the field to have somebody that's going to play a, a great amount. I think he's definitely going to be a play. Obviously, we already know Nick Chubb is going to be Nick Chubb. And going back to Donovan People Jones, we, we're seeing him more and more third and long. You know them needing a the big play. This guy is somebody that they've been targeting a bunch. And if again, if you need something to be different on the field or even needing a, a play, even during all the bye weeks, fire him up. Obviously, we're going to play Cooper as well too. Can I show a quick question? While we are we talking about Absolutely. Cleveland, and I'll be talking about this thing like I'm talking about this every week, man. But uh, where do y'all have Nick Chubb? Like on y'all list, is he top? Season? No, just like in general, like in the NFL, like as far as running backs. If we're talking about in the NFL, I think he may be the best running back, to be honest with you. But fantasy, yeah. I think a little bit different. I mean, he's the best either way. Like, isn't... Yo, Nick Chubb is fucking <laughs> Yo, he is. He's on another level right now. I be like marveling like, man, this dude really is good, though. Like, 
but he's so like nobody speaks of it. Nondescript. Yeah, like, it's like yeah, it's amazing, man. Partially it's because he in Cleveland. I mean, I mean, yeah, but we hear Saquon name all the time, and I get it. He's in New York, you know. We hear these guys, but we don't never hear about Chubb as much. Like and Chubb personality, he's also a very quiet, reserved yeah. person as well too. Yeah, like, that only time you man. see Chubb outside of NFL highlight is squatting Volkswagens. Like, I mean, <laughs> he like Barkley. You see him tweet this or that, or you'll see him chirp back at somebody like Chubb don't have that personality where he stays in the news and he's not on the team that's going to stay in the news. Now, I'll tell mm-hmm. you this, when Watson comes back, Cleveland's going to be in the news for the rest of the season. So you're going to be hearing Chubb name more then because you're going to see more of Chubb. But right. we rarely see Cleveland very much as is. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. All right. Okay. You got Houston going up against the Giants. This is a 40 and a half point over under. And Houston is getting four and a half points. I love Bark. Barkley is going to tear them a new orifice. <laughs> That's basically how this game's good. I don't think they're going to throw the ball very much at all. I think it's going to be Barkley and Daniel Jones running the ball down their throat pretty much the entire game. I don't like anybody in Houston. But if you're in a pinch, Chris Moore is a guy that probably won't cost you anything. And I don't think Cook is going to play. Yeah, if Barkley don't have 30, it's a failure. I'm right. sorry. Like, if he don't get you 30 fancy points, he failed for the week. Now, I don't care if he get you 20. It's a failure. Going against Houston, man, we've seen Josh Jacobs go out there. Three, four, three touchdowns, down. three touchdowns, and 143 yards rushing. We've seen Derrick Henry go out there the week after. 219. 200-yard game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, both of those guys had 35. Barkley get less than 30, it's a failure. That's all I'm going to say about that. I got to throw in there Damian Pierce, man. He's, he's unstoppable right now. I think he's going to go off against the Giants. Honestly, and this might be bold saying this too soon, he's reminding me a lot like Chubb, how he's just able to create, you know, these short yard opportunities to five, six extra yards after contact. And he, he's just a phenomenal talent. I think he's going to really get busy against the Giants. That's the only viable piece that they got on their offense right now with no uh, cooks. New Orleans is going to be going up against Pittsburgh. This is a 40-point over-under. Uh, and Pittsburgh is getting a point and a half at home. That means that Vegas doesn't like them very much. I can see this one going New Orleans way. I love Chris Olave. I love Kamara. In a pinch, I may go ahead and throw Taysom Hill in there just because I think they'll try to use some trickery and use what he brings to the table against this particular defense. As far as Pittsburgh is concerned, if I can avoid playing any of them, I will. This just isn't their year offensively. I don't see them putting up a whole lot of points. This week. I don't know. I kind of beg to differ somewhat. Uh, they are coming off a bye week. They've been having some tough games. Look at their schedule. The offense has been stagnant. They got one of the worst offensive lines. We haven't seen much from uh, Najee Harris at all. You know what I mean? So, but Mike Tomlin just said, hey, some of the reports were asking, is it possible that Warren can become the feature back? And his answer wasn't, he didn't say no. That's, he's definitely said this guy has been making some plays for them, and they're going to keep giving him the opportunity to do so. Maybe they write him in the script. Those are his words. This could be the game that we maybe see Warren finally. Because Najee Harris, is in, he's in well. He's not healthy. He, he is not well. Give him a couple weeks. I mean, well, they're coming off the bye, so maybe he – do you think he needs more than just a week? He needs the season. Boy, got a list Frank. <laughs> okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? It's a list Frank injury. Like, I don't know why everybody was like, you know, he, I think he's he playing with a plate in his foot. Mm-hmm. Like, man, no. No, you he hasn't been productive get that at spring, all. That power that you need to, you know, right. change the direction. And, and, let's, and let's think about it. We know how we know how Pittsburgh play. Usually, their running backs is right. complete bell cows, plenty of volume, and he just can't handle the load right now. So I think Warren could take this job. Um, I definitely would put him as a waiver ad later in the season when they definitely get to a point where maybe they're out of it. They definitely shut that boy down and yeah, let Warren sure. go. So you definitely want to get him in stashing. But I like Warren this game. I think this could be a breakout also for uh, NFL. Young boy, Pickens. Look for the boys, uh, you know, with the with the Claypool move, more volume to spread around. And New Orleans is extremely good at the tight end. I could definitely see Deontay or even uh, Pickens having a good game. So I, I think this could be a game that it actually looks look okay. Denver's going to be going up against Tennessee. This one has a 
36 and a half point over under. And I believe that is the lowest of the week. I think that Vegas has it spot on. Not going to be very many points scored in this one. And they're two good defenses, at least as far as the run is concerned. Tennessee's secondary hasn't been all that great. Maybe this is the game where when you're coming off of a bye, you can kind of get to your norm versus trying to feature Judy, which is kind of what felt like they were doing the last game. Maybe this is a decent game for Wilson and either Sutton or Judy, but I don't think it'll be both. As far as Tennessee is concerned, Henry's probably going to get the vast majority of their points like he normally does. That's right. I think this is going to be the week for wrestling fan. I think, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to have a great week, but I think 20 fantasy points is fairly reasonable. Um, He's just been targeting everybody. I think he's targeted several press receivers in the last couple games, but that's what leads me to who I'm thinking who's breaking out right now, who didn't need much time from injuries, Greg Dolchich. I think he's going to be uh, somebody that you can definitely look at DFS and fantasy relevant, a phenomenal tight end, somebody um, we spoke to a little bit in the show. As far as the running back, obviously we already know who we're going to start as far as Derek Henry, but that tight end for the Tennessee Titans, I forget the kid's name. I don't even want to butcher it. God. Yeah, so it's, I know exactly. That, uh, he yeah. is lightning I, in the bottle. He it starts he's, with a C. <laughs> he's, 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 a little, he's very versatile. He's, he's, he reminds me a lot of Delaney, but he's way faster. Not in the sense that he's as prolific, but when Delaney was with the 49ers younger and early on, uh, this kid is just a vertical threat. He's going to be somebody they get the ball to. We already know whether it's Tannehill or Willis, he's going to be viable in that offense. I'm trying to find the tight end that you're speaking to. He has a, a, so a different C? kind of a name. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, he's a rookie. Uh, it's like, it start with a C. I know that. It's like Kachanga or something. You're talking about Cheek? What is it? Yeah. Yeah, something like first that. Name, first name is Chig. His first name is okay. Chig. C-H-I-G. Yeah, I, I, I know his name started with a C. Yeah. But okay. um, that guy is it was kind of coming up. He looked like a running back after he caught the ball. Like, he was going after people. You have Indy going up against Vegas. This is a 42.5 point over under. Indy is getting six points. What you got on this one, man? Man, look. The DFS play. The Raiders defense, okay? That's who you want to play. <laughs> the Raiders have one of the worst defenses in the game. Hey, yeah, and the Colts is one of the worst teams in the league. I don't care. That's just how bad these guys look. Like, I watched them play, man. It's, it's horrible. I don't I don't see anything like they might as well go and pack it in for the rest of the season like this. I, I'm just confident enough not to play any of their skill positions. I'm not interested in Pittman. I'm not interested in uh, Campbell. I'm not interested in, interested in uh, Jonathan Taylor if he does play. Definitely not inter- interested in the quarterback Ellinger. Let's get these guys out of here. Also, temper expectations from the from Devontae Adams. He will draw Stephon Gilmore. This team is coming in one of the better teams in the league defensively. And we don't know how they're going to look. they got a new coach coming in. We didn't speak on that. Josh McDaniels has been fired. We don't know what the race is going to look. are you sure about that? Yep. That's what, yeah. See, Josh McDaniels has been fired now. Unless it was a I haven't seen, fake I haven't news seen report. That. It had to be. It was Adam Sheffield. Yeah, I, I didn't again. get any alerts from Bleacher Report, ESPN, nowhere. I, I don't think that, even, even when I Googled um, Josh McDaniels, like him being fired was, wasn't a headline. So that may be in the works, but I don't know for certain that that's already happened. Okay. Well, maybe it's a false. Maybe it's a, Matter a fact, false Okay. News. Raiders Josh McDaniel not fired despite tweet from parody account impersonating ESPN personality. Oh, okay. So it was okay. an impersonation account right. um, cool. of Chef. Okay, great. That's, well, that's cool. Well, again, uh, maybe, maybe we'll see Josh Jacobs get the, you know, get back on. He was hot several weeks ago. Last couple of weeks, he'd be kind of cool down. They kind of got away from the run. So I think this could be a low scoring game, though, because both. Both teams have struggles where the Colts are struggle to score, but their defense is strong enough to stop the Raiders, who can be a little elevator when it comes to scoring football. So, right, true. I would pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm staying away from this game as far as the DFS is concerned. But I mean, you have no choice but to play Devontae Adams if he's on your team. Dallas is going up against Green Bay. This one is a 43 point over under, and Green Bay is getting five points at home. I don't like anybody in Green Bay. Nobody. Jones is coming off of an injury, and he's the only kind of silver lining in a dark cloud. As far as Dallas is concerned, I do like Dallas's defense for sure this week. I like that going up against Green Bay. I don't know that I like Lamb if he's going to have Alexander as the cornerback that's going to kind of be mirroring him. We'll kind of see how that part goes. 
if he does mirror Lamb, I can see Lamb having a down day and maybe Gallup, Schultz, and Tony Pollard being the beneficiaries in the passing game. So with this uh, Packers team, I, I think if we're looking to find somebody different again, you need to pick up or even a DFS play. Torrey, the wide receiver, Torrey, I don't, I feel bad about butchering people's name. I like him. He's just been, you know, without Dobbs. We already know what Lazard is going to do. He's going to more likely not take on on the top cornerback anyway. Uh, Torrey's been somebody, you know, again, no Randall Cobb, no Dobbs. They need to throw it to somebody. He's been somebody that's been a really big deep threat. He seemed like boomer bust as far as the deep threat, but Aaron Rodgers has been also targeting him a lot in the intermediate routes as well. It's just He just brings a lot of uh, potential as far as on the field. So I definitely will plug him in as a DFS play. Arizona going up against Los Angeles. This is a 41 and a half point over under. And Arizona is getting a point and a half. I, for some reason, like Arizona in this game. Los Angeles defense has been playing pretty decently, but their offense hasn't really been helping them out very much. I can see Arizona having the ball in their hands quite a bit. And especially if Stafford, for whatever reason, can't get back. I I don't like the backup Wolford to be able to do much of anything. Don't like the run game for Los Angeles. Don't necessarily like the run game for Arizona. Love Cup. As always, if Stafford goes, Arizona, I actually like Hopkins as well as Zach Ertz in this one. If Rondell Moore's injury keep him off the field, then uh, Dorch is right back to where he was. I kind of don't like Hopkins as much going against Ramsey. You know, these guys hook up all the time. And it usually has been going the way of Ramsey as of late. He's been kind of getting the best of Hopkins, if I'm not mistaken. Someone correct, can correct me on that. I'm with you with the Ronda Moore thing. If he does it, then, you know, Dorch will be definitely sneaky, extremely sneaky uh, DFS play. I'm not a fan of anybody running game in this game. So those are the guys I'm definitely sitting. Both teams run games. You like Cooper Cup if Stafford plays. But this, this game could be disgusting if, if Stafford sits. It could get just horrible for the Rams. And I'm looking back at the last couple of games that Hopkins played against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, week four last year, he had 10.7 fantasy points. What was the what was the um the catches and all that? He, uh, he had seven targets, four catches, sixty-seven yards. Yeah, that ain't that ain't. And then he played him again week fourteen. Mm-hmm. He had ten point four, so ten point seven, ten point four. This one was thirteen targets, five catches, fifty-four <sighs> yards. That's that's a sweet game for Rams. Um, <laughs> let's see here in twenty twenty nineteen point two yards. So he had a pretty good game then. So out of the last three, that was our week 13 in 2020. Week 17, they played him again. He put up 7.5. Mm. So he's had out of four games, he's had one game that was stellar. He had a couple of games that was good for a regular wide receiver and then one that was a bust. Right. So just temper your expectations. I'm not saying, hey, well, you got to sit Hopkins. No, I'm not saying you got to play your studs, but just temper your expectations if he's on your team because Ramsey, like I said, these, think about it, but these guys have been going, that's just going back since the Houston days. Remember when he's playing right. for the Jags? So this is when they get up for. It's not like a bad blood. Like they both are real competitive. And this is one of the matchups they both have Marlon and Callens from year to year. So this is like Ramsey's favorite guy to play again. It's going to be real choppy and chippy. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to be going up against the San Francisco 49ers. This is a 45 and a half point over under. And the Chargers are getting seven points. The Chargers just aren't healthy. They're still above 500. They have a five and three record. They're figuring a way to get it done right now. It's a lot of Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. I think you're going to see that combination quite a bit. I actually think this is going to be an Everett type of a game going up against San Fran. They aren't going to let Austin Eckler do what he likes to do. So I can see, you know, possibly the tight end being the outlet because he's going to have to get rid of that ball pretty quickly. Uh, San Francisco is getting healthier and the Chargers are losing more guys. So I can see this one not being a very good game as far as the Chargers guys are concerned, but you got to start your studs if you got them. You know, you can't sit Herbert nine times out of ten. You don't have a better option. Um, and in the world of tight ends, Everett's been one of the more consistent ones. Uh, on the other end, obviously, you're starting CMC. I don't know about Kittle because Debo Samuel is going to play. 
And I'm telling you, if you look at the games that Samuel doesn't play versus the game that he does, Kittle pretty much blocks for Samuels in the games that he that Samuels plays in, and he's a focal point of the offense in the games that he doesn't. So it's up and down whether or not he is going to be able to get into the end zone or the amount of targets he's going to get. He did have an uptake in targets over the last few weeks, so we'll kind of see how that part goes. But what do we have on this one? Yeah, I think in this matchup, you kind of had it right uh, with, uh, with Eckler. I think Eckler is, is always valuable. It seems like when you when you think he's not going to do something, he's going to be highly productive. My personal opinion, and he's they who they have to throw the ball to. He's highly he's already highly targeted in this offense as is, and he just you know been finding a way to score touchdowns even in uh, goal line work as of late. Um, somebody who Vander pointed out, Josh Palmer last week um, yeah, as a strong right. play. Um, he he definitely delivered. I think he had like over fifty yards by just the first half. I think to see similar production too, and I think he's finally coming into what we thought he was coming out of Tennessee. And then obviously you, you hit it with the head right on the hammer or the other way around the hammer, whatever. Everett is definitely going to be someone who's highly valuable, just like something we pointed out before where uh, Herbert targets the tight end position uh, last year more than 25%. So that's, you know, without Keenan Allen, with Mike Williams' health uh, being uh, something even further in question, uh, Everett's going to be in there. And he doesn't have Parker. If Parker uh, isn't there, he automatically becomes a really good DFS play with no Parker on the field. Lastly, we have the Commanders going up against the Eagles on Monday. This is a 44-point over-under. The Commanders are getting 11 points, which is the high for the week. I love the Eagles. Don't like any of the Commanders. That pretty much wraps it up for me. What you got, Vander? Fly, Eagles, fly. Uh, Yeah, same thing you said. Um, Not much to see here. As far as um, Washington is concerned, uh, I'm not a fan of anyone, and I mean anyone. Sit your eagle. I mean, sit your sit your commanders. For sure. I mean, that's just all I can say about it. I think I love as far as offensively. If you if you're talking DFS, this is a single game. I like Miles Sanders' game. AJ Brown has been a terror. Continue to fire yep. them up. Like it's just. I mean, pick one. That's all I can tell you. Pick basically. One. <laughs> and it could be a Smith game in the fact that. I think it's going to be quite a bit of points to go around. And um, he's, I won't say just as talented, but in the right offense, he's the number one receiver himself. I mean, I, I can see him getting busy in this game. That their, their number two corner in Washington is trash. So, well, Real quick, you know, these guys, they did play each other in week three. Right. 24 to eight. So Washington's able There's to muster eight points in that game. A.J. Brown did have 75 yards and a touchdown. So he played well for his uh, – Devonta Smith in that game, he had he had what twelve targets, eight balls for one sixty nine and a touchdown. Sounds so, about right. You, <laughs> like I said, you you, you called might. that. So it could be a repeat of the same again. Like we were saying, man, just stay away from them commanders. And that about wraps it up for this week. Make sure that you join the Facebook group so that way you are able to get your last minute start sit questions asked and answered. We are going to be going live right around noon on Sunday so we can make sure that you guys get the info that you need to make your weekend successful. Get that done early as possible so you don't forget and we out.